Welcome to Cobra Kai Never Dies. Today we're covering the season finale of season three. Which is called... December 19th. And what is that a reference to? I know the, the answer. Day? The date of the All Valley, 1984. Is that right? I looked this up just before this episode, so yes. Okay. I did not know that. I'm not a karate kid purist, but apparently that's what it means. Although I find it confusing because nothing... I don't know why they would call back to that when there was no real references to the tournament. Right. Like, was that also the date that Kreese nearly fell into a, co- a cobra pit? Or I mean, that would that... be cool if it was, like, some sort of Vietnam-relevant date. Um, God, there's so much to cover in this. Um, so, should we start... Okay. Should we start with Kreese? Should we start with... We're going to with... start with the Netflix synopsis. To okay. All up. right. Okay. Okay. All wounds begin to heal at a country club holiday party, but a brutal assault by Kreese's students leads to new betrayals and alliances. New betrayals. I mean, That's I don't Robbie. know if I saw any new betrayals. <laughs> a but... new betrayal named Robbie. Nah. <laughs> okay. Actually, you know what? I think we got to save Crease for the end. Okay. I think let's uh let's start with like the country club stuff because okay. I feel like That's... that's yeah, it's like the happy part. Um, so when last we left off, uh, Player Alley just continuing her wake of destruction through this town. Awesome destruction. Breaking hearts. They're at the Encino Country Club, and Allie is in a beautiful strapless dress um, talking to Daniel, who has basically the most, the same cringy reaction to every ex of his, where he's just like, he looks like the cartoon wolf, where it's like him and Kumiko. He just, ugh. Yeah. It's hard to watch. I don't know why. It's, Maybe um... that's a... Maybe we're being a little hard on him, but... I mean, I think that the way that he's playing it, where he looks like, oh my god, Allie, is that really you? And, like, the entire time he's with her, he looks like he's so stunned to see this, like, perfect creature, which is, like, fine, except your wife is next to you. I know, you know, it's... So, we touched on how, like, sweet it was watching Johnny and Allie reconnect, and, you know, Johnny has been hung up on Allie for 30 years and stuff, but the the tenor of their meeting is him, like, appreciating that she's very, like, a special person, and he's like, you know, it feels like an honest relationship. Like, they actually had two years of time together to draw on. Whereas I feel like it almost seems like Daniel had, like, a deranged crush, and she was like, oh, yeah, you sat behind me in math class. That was cute. And I don't know. It just seems like his reaction is a little outsides it's more cringy because i just feel like the imbalance you know right i mean they didn't date they did for a couple months i think compared to what she and johnny um like they were together for two years and also just like man your wife is here dude uh just rein it in like married listeners please write in i mean we're not trying to put a spin on this i'm a a married listener and i would say that like i'm not I don't think of myself as a jealous person, but I feel like if my husband was just like... Aruga, yeah. Like, it's like, just really... Just, come on. Also, because it's... it's Wait till I'm in the bathroom. I want to see Amanda's exes. Like, let's just even this out a little bit. It's a little inappropriate because um, Johnny walks over, and Johnny looks terrific. He's wearing his Miami Vice tux. He has a... This was... I called it Chekhov's white suit in the last episode because it's like, oh my god, he's going to get spaghetti sauce all over that shit. I've seen the, I've seen the first movie. But you know what? He, he averts that crisis. It's about fixing the past, about not having to make the same mistakes. Um, so it's like his second chance. And uh, I guess 
he doesn't make the same mistake that Daniel made of getting red sauce in a white suit, so point to Johnny. Yep. Um, but, of course, the real winner tonight is Allie. Uh, yeah. yeah, but, I mean, the game was rigged for Allie all right. along. I mean, she's on her home court in Sino Country Club. She um, uh, she realizes, you know, she, she naive girl that she is, is like, oh, hey, Johnny, Danny, uh, you guys haven't seen each other in so long, I bet. Reunion, and, of course, obviously, every event in Johnny and Daniel's lives revolve around each other, so. That's true. Um, she quickly becomes clued in that they have had many, many a run-in. Amanda comes out nicely sloshed, I like to think, and it's just like, oh, they told yeah, you Amanda's about their... Yeah, a good time, despite what we think is a very... Um, her life is very bleak. She's, you know, she's working 80 hours uh, at a failing um, car dealership that her husband is mentally checked out of for a while now. Um, and now she's trapped with her... With her husband drooling over his ex, and it's not but great. the thing is, like, I, and you know what? I, I, I've always liked Amanda. Like, uh, our, we love the reviewer for, for New York Magazine's Vulture, um, who reviews The Karate Kid and is fantastic, but, sorry, reviews Cobra Kai and is fantastic. But, like, one thing that he does is he calls Amanda Chief Skull. Oh, yeah, I saw that, and I think that's really unfair. Yeah, I don't think um, so. She, she lets Daniel kind of do whatever he wants, and it's... I think of her as more like... She's also extremely, like, secure. So she's Yeah, like, she's very secure. She's a... She herself was a pretty cool lady, and, like, I think that mostly Amanda at her best is just sort of, like, pissing into the wind. Do you know what I mean? She's like, whatever, this is happening, I'm just gonna drink a martini. And, like, the, the parts that hurt me, the parts that make me think, like, Amanda's spirit has been broken are when she has to take karate seriously yeah. and be like, your father's right, Sam. You should totally, like, keep doing Miyagi-Do. That's when I, my heart breaks for her because Amanda should not have to, like, actually take that yeah. seriously. And, you know, at the end of the last episode where I was like, I wonder if Allie is going to stick around town or, like, you know, she's actually going to make a play for Johnny's affections. And then I saw this scene and I'm like... Oh, Allie is, like, way beyond this. Like, mm-hmm. she's just here to, like, okay, just for shits and giggles, she'll adjudicate this, like, high school yeah, rivalry. Yeah, she doesn't need to, but, but she's she she's got, a, like, a 6 a.m. red eye back to Colorado. Yeah. She, she doesn't need this. She doesn't need them, but, you know, she, they have, like, a, it's a very, like, nice dynamic where, like, they're all sitting at the table, a little trunk, like, they're talking about what happened way back in, the, in 1984. And, you know, the sense I got from it is just, like, when enough time passes, this is true, like, when enough time passes from anything, like, everything, like, stuff that was a huge fucking deal just suddenly is just, like, it's just stuff that happened, you know? Like, you think you can only come to that realization when you're face-to-face with the key players and said big deal? I mean... Because, I mean, it wasn't that long ago where it's still traumatizing them to some extent. Although Johnny is doing a better job of dealing with it. I think that, like... You know, like, when they, like, in the first episode of this entire series, it's, like, when Johnny and, like, uh, Daniel have that run-in at the car dealership. And, like, it's tense. And But, you know, like, uh, Daniel, like, tries to act like you would in a situation like that. Like, hey, oh my god, this guy, we, uh, you know, we used to know each other. Like, do you want a discount on your, your car fix-up? You know, like, because it's just, like, when you're an adult, it's, like... You realize you should be over things like this, but you, you maybe you're not, but you try to act like it. I feel like now it's like, not only has a lot of time passed since 1984, like, you know, Daniel and, and Johnny at this point have different beef than they had, like, in the first episode of the series. Yeah. Like, like just all, enough stuff has happened. It's sort of like, 
you know what trading burns there's less of that edge like in season one there was like just you felt like at any moment they wanted to just punch each other and and this it's like they're just teasing each other about their outfits and yeah they're that was pretty funny like it's it there's a there's a sense of like mirth about it and like obviously when they're all getting drunk at the table like it's everything has like got lost its edge and nothing seems as like horrible as it used to or as painful and uh yeah, that, that's that's nice. Like there, and it's also like the the burns that they're getting at each other just seem more like banter, which is yeah. fun. Um, so they're sitting at the table and they're talking. Allie is like regaling them with tales of of Johnny and Daniel in high school, and I think it's amusing that like Daniel's like, "Oh, don't tell Amanda any of this," but I don't believe for a second that Daniel hasn't already bored her to death with every right. goddamn second of high school. Um, there's just no way. Like they've been married a while. And it doesn't seem Amanda like seems pretty well versed in his high yeah, school adventures. Yeah, there's not a second of this man's life that hasn't been documented rigorously. If Miyagi was even peripherally around for that. Um, but I think it's just, again, it's like Allie and Johnny actually dated. And she has like a lot more memories to pull from. And that was like nicely touched upon during their like quasi date. Whereas like Allie's telling Amanda about this shower curtain story. And that's like... Obviously, it's something that we recognize from the movies, but it's like they didn't go out for very long. So she's like, I feel like Allie's like desperately like, oh, yeah, that guy. Right. You know, who knows how many people Allie has dated? She's, it's true. she's like you were a speck in a like a in a sea of vastness. Yeah, there were a lot of Daniels, you know. Yeah. And we learned the story of how they broke up, which is. As as anticlimactic as you'd expect it to be, where it's just like, yep, they were at a party, she was talking to some guy, Daniel got mad, you know. Classic Daniel. Classic Daniel. Like, and it's, yeah, all of it is sort of like, it's kind of nice to see everyone's, like, deep heartbreak from when they're a teenager just kind of reduced to, like, at the end of the day, isn't everything we experience just a future anecdote at a party? <laughs> isn't that beautiful? I'd like to think that... I'm capable of holding a grudge for 40 years and no, never letting not. it go. You you don't even talk about that thing I did to you. Oh, I remember. Mm-hmm. I'm still plotting my revenge. Um, so I was thinking, like, do you think Allie would run another dojo? <laughs> Just to fuck with everyone? Allie Joe? Um, I mean, we know that she can do anything. She's divorced now. She can you know? do anything. I mean, if Allie would... No, Allie's just too cool. Too cool for school. Even yeah. karate school, you know? Yeah. But, like, yes, I, I, I think as much as I would love to just see Allie, like, back in town, I totally understand, like, what they're doing with her. Her arc, her whole thing is that she was such a pivotal, like, player in this drama. And, like, you kind of, they can't even put it to bed until she's just like, you guys, you have a lot in common. Obviously, like, the things that you see in each other, like, and dislike are things that maybe you dislike about yourselves. And it's an obvious sentiment, but, like... Maybe just something that they needed to hear. I don't know. They know they're same but different. But sometimes they just need somebody to tell them that again, right? Yeah. Um, how do you feel uh, about um, Daniel and Allie's goodbye versus Johnny and Allie's goodbye? Oof. Um, again, I just feel like Daniel... I wouldn't have a problem with it if his wife... His not chief scold, but lovely and long-suffering wife. The um, longest-suffering. Longest-suffering wife. Like, who's super cool in her own right. Like, the only thing that makes her less cool is, unfortunately, being married to Daniel. But, like, um, all of that, like, it, it, it's just kind of strange to see him. Like, he hugs Allie twice, and he's looking at her like he's never seen anybody so beautiful. And can I bring up at this point that 
they make Amanda wear this terrible dress. Yeah, she's a beautiful person, but like they give her this like fucking eighties shoulder pad dress that does her no for right. I don't know. And I, I was like mad on her behalf, even though Amanda's too cool to actually like care that much about this. I was just like, Daniel, stop hugging this woman. I mean, maybe in some weird way she's like, I'm hoping Allie will take him because this is the break I need. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying I'm waiting for Amanda's arc to really begin. But yeah, he just takes things a little too far. Like, I think given the role that Allie played in Johnny's life, uh, the goodbye was just appropriately, like, kind of bittersweet and just right. I loved it. Yeah, no, it was perfect. She doesn't need to come back because their story is kind of more or less done. We had our own little time machine. And, like, it's, you know, it's one of those things where it's just like, yep, that's about right. Like, he needed, and actually this is what he says. He says, I needed this. And he did, right? So it's yeah, a perfect is, closure. It just reminds you that he is a hero of our story. And Daniel is just like, he's not as much. He's a he's a main character. But when, when Allie says goodbye to him, she's like, yo, that was a fun date 30 years ago. Yeah. Good like, times. Good times. Yeah. And like, yeah, I mean, that's kind of a reminder that like, the show sort of veers away from this, but... Daniel's like not a villain, but he's Johnny's foil, right? Like he's not our, he's not our main character, or he's not our protagonist because it's like he doesn't really need a character arc. Do you know what I mean? Like he grew up and was successful and has a family. Like you don't, I don't know. It's like sometimes it's like you don't need to delve into Daniel's psyche that much because it's like why? Why would you? He doesn't. And there may not just be anything. There's there. no there there. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I'll, oh, also like. Uh, there's this fun thing where it's just, like, Daniel seems almost, like, weirdly betrayed that, like, Johnny and, and Allie have been Facebooking, and it's just, like... I think he's just a very jealous person, and it's, it's not so an strange. attractive trait at all. It's such a weird thing for, like, a married person to, like, be, like, openly, like, oh, so you guys just reconnected? Is that it? It's like, it's hey, like dude. You're, you have no connection to this person anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's super weird. Uh, Daniel, go to therapy. Um, yeah, so, yeah, Johnny and Allie have a sweet goodbye, and oh, and he, uh... They talk about Carmen a little bit. Do you want to... Yeah, yeah. That? No, yeah, he, uh, um... So Allie is like, you know, Amanda filled her in on, uh, on a bit of the Carmen thing. Um, by the way... I'm so confused by this. Uh, about Carmen? Yeah. Just the whole emotional arc there. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, Allie's just kind of like being a good bro at this point. And it's just like, well, that sounds great, you know? Like, you make sure to nail that down. I love how it's, I don't know, contrasting this with the teen thing, it's like... Yeah, they almost kissed at golf and stuff, and neither feels like the urge to mention it or, mm-hmm. like, say anything about it. And I think it's kind of nice. and It's good to be weird. old sometimes. It's you like, know? yeah, I guess that could have happened, but it doesn't... It doesn't... I, I don't know what that means for Carmen, because I I think we can spoil it. <laughs> it happens later in the episode, but, he, you know, he, he comes, he shows up to Carmen's door, like, ready to declare himself and say, I love you, and I just don't know how they got there. Because yeah. Because it seems like wildly out of the blue to me a little bit no i mean definitely like carmen seems like as johnny says super hot and nice and everything but like i don't really get know where how he would have fallen in love with her exactly but you know she i think johnny sees her as like a really good thing in his life i mean especially he sees miguel as a really good thing in his life but like they all come together as a package for johnny like this is like this giant sign saying redemption arc yeah, probably. And he's jumping onto it, and there's, you know, there's this dojo, and there's Miguel, and then there's Carmen. They are all like, wrapped up together. I mean, yeah. like, so, I mean, I'm not sure if that's super healthy, but, like, I, I see what he sees in the sense that it's just, like, this is, this is the healthy way forward. 
pining after Allie, who, while you might have kissed her, like, that's not really a healthy way forward. And, like, yeah, like, she, she has her own life in Colorado. It wasn't, it, it was never really going to happen. Does she, though? I mean, would you go back to Greg? I mean, no, but, like, do you think Allie doesn't have prospects in Colorado? Allie has prospects everywhere. Please, let's check in on Allie. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's, yeah, we can, we, Allie will, we, we can talk about her later. I wonder if they'll just, she'll ever come back, maybe, like, once a season or something. Yeah, just to fuck maybe, just to, up. just to liven things up, I suppose. Yeah. So, um, want to talk about the kids, because the, the kids. in contrast to sort of this very adult evening, honestly, like, you, you have the kids who, oh, man, um... So they decide that they will, in fact, go forward as as one dojo under God. Um, what do you What do you want to call them, Nina? Do you want to call them like Miyagi Fang or Eagle Doe? <laughs> you, those are your choices. I mean, I guess they're not doing much karate, so I would say Eagle Doe. Eagle Doe, it is. Um, so you know, Eagle Doe is decided like they're they're gonna like bury the hatchet. They're gonna be they're 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 gonna be like. Uh, Facing off a Cobra Kai yeah, together. Dimitri gives a rousing speech. Yeah. I mean, essentially his speech is that, I mean, weren't we all kind of members of Cobra Kai, except for Sam, for at least a hot minute? Yeah. Um, which, fair. Yeah, okay. Um, and then uh, Bert, Bert hears a cat, and Bert goes outside, and... Bert's love of animals is always going to get him in trouble. Yeah. Poor guy. Sam says, we don't have a cat. And, of course, the next thing we know, far sooner than would be physically possible, we see Bert being thrown through... The, the kitchen window. So yeah. somebody, like, moved him over to the other side of the house and threw him through a fucking window. And can yeah. we talk about Asian and Bert for a second? Yeah. I hate calling him an Asian, but I really don't know what his name is. The little Asian kid. Earlier in the show, like, the, the little Asian kid, like, got the crap beaten out of him by Cobra Kai at a car wash. Now we see Bert go through a window. These guys are so little. I mean, I know Bert's getting, like, a little taller, but, yeah. man, that's tough. Yeah, it's weird, because I'm just, I'm watching this fight scene. We I have a lot of thoughts about it, but the main thing is just, like, the callousness from, like, any one of these kids could, like, hit their head on something and die of internal bleeding. <laughs> like, and Miyagi, or not Miyagi, whoa, Miguel was not out of the hospital that long ago, where I'm like, is anyone afraid that they're going to kill him? And have manslaughter charges, like, on I the- mean, I think we Jesus can say Christ. safely, no one is afraid of legal consequences here, because... Yeah, either they're, either oh. like, they're, like, super rich, and, and everyone has lawyers, but... No, I mean, this is... Get it. Look, I, I'm not gonna lie, this is a fun scene, like, Carol of the Bells is playing, like, I think it should be clear from the Burt Graham thrown through the window that Cobra Kai is here to fuck shit up, they stream in, they're getting the party started, but, like... Can we look at this, like, from a realistic standpoint? They're breaking and entering into someone's house. This isn't a rumble, like, in a mall or a park or something where it's, like, a fight broke out. You broke into someone's house. That's actually a felony? If any of these bitches are 18, they're going Season to prison. Season four is just all of them at Fort Leavenworth. It's, like, <laughs> doing time. Like, and, and Tori, I mean... Wasn't your whole thing that, like, if you had, like, one more mark yeah. on your so record, you're going to, like... Tori. Tori's characterization is just wa- all over the place this season. Mm-hmm. You know, she starts out in a very realistic place where she's like, I've got real problems. I have to take my- care of my mom and my brother. And, and she I have rent to pay. And-, and she considers starting that fight with Sam, like, a mistake. It got her into yeah, this and mess. she's now, like, chief instigator where, you know, she's just on a war path. Right. And it's so weird because I think they're trying to say the catalyst. I was trying to figure out what, what caused this kind of like grand scene um, instead of just general payback. And I don't know if it was like 
Tori is pissed because Kreese let it loose that, you know... Miguel and Sam were dating, which is... It's like, it doesn't feel like a real... It might have been an emotionally resonant thing at the end of season two. But it's like, what? Six months have passed or whatever? Like, I just feel like... Right. You haven't even seen Miguel for, like, a while. Yeah, you guys broke up a few episodes ago. You didn't see him in the hospital. Like... Right. What is your axe to grind? And are you just Kreese's warrior now? And And if so, it's like, so... If... I mean, maybe Kreese sent them, but, like... I I mean, this is part and parcel for Kreese, but, like, again, you're having them commit a felony. I'm not exactly sure why. Um... I mean, like, the thing is, they're not an actual gang. Do you know what I mean? Like, they have no economic motives. Gangs usually have economic motives. Like, these guys are just like, let us break into Casa LaRusso and fuck up the kids. And you're right. If any of these kids, like, got seriously injured or died, like, those are more criminal charges on top of your criminal charges. Why is Robbie missing from this? Like, why is Robbie hanging out at the dojo while all these kids are invading Miyagi-Do? Like... It's just... It's bizarre. It's its a fun fight that makes no sense. Like, at least the second season finale was also a batshit fight, but that wouldn't make yeah, more we, sense. We can rank the, yeah. the end season finales, but... So, like, they do the kind of classic matchups. You have Kyler, who goes after Miguel, and... You know, I feel like they kind of settled the Miguel-Kyler thing. Oh, my God. It feels like it was eons ago, and now they're kind of, like... They're taking dead rivalries and they're trying to like in the last couple episodes be like this is still a thing and i just don't i mean i thought it was like funny because it's like didn't miguel beat the shit out of kyler in like season one how did kyler get this insanely good i thought training for like three weeks i thought about this and I, i like i was honestly baffled like miguel versus kyler okay but like then i was just like i okay the problem is, is that, like, at first I was like, this makes sense because Miguel has just gotten out of a coma. He can't fight. In the previous, like, in a couple episodes before this, we saw he could not kick a Frisbee. So I'm like, actually, Kyler or really anybody would be, like, pretty hard for Miguel to face. But, like, pretty soon, Miguel's not fighting, like, a kid who just got out of a coma. He's fighting, like, just a, anybody else in the scene. We have scene. questions about the rehabilitative, like, no. I don't know what... I mean, Miguel is like defending himself pretty well, and he actually gets the final punch on Kyler, right? Like, and who has never suffered a head injury and is in fighting shape and apparently like a natural athlete. I just don't feel like Miguel would win, and I I'm also confused if they're like they're doing kind of a arc with Miguel like being on the you know he's an underdog and he's not able to fight and defend himself. But it's like he he won this fight, so I don't right. even know what they're and they have him win for. like by like doing this thing where he flips over Kyler's head. And I was at first I'm like, okay, so I guess that's like he doesn't need to be as strong as you might be. No, no, I don't get it actually. That so you still need to be pretty strong to do that. And like it has already been established that he's not in fighting shape. So what what's going on? And also, I don't know if the, yeah, I don't know if the entire fight is just trying to say that um, Cobra Kai is not willing to let this go. And well. This fight is, to me, entirely about people feel- hearing voices in their heads. Oh, yeah. Because um, uh, in all of our matchups, like, we have people hearing voices in our he- in their heads. Uh, Miguel hears Johnny's voice, like, telling him to stand up and fight through his coma when he's fighting Kyler, which is, like, okay. Um, when our-, our other big matchup is Tori versus Sam. Yeah, who's wearing a fabulous skeleton hoodie. She looks terrifying. We mean Tori, of course. Tori, uh, yes, yeah, of course. Um, and Sam, Sam's wearing mom jeans. It's just not good. Yeah, it's to not defend a, yourself, right? And it's a uh, oh man, it's like here's the thing. So before Tori shows up, like Sam is 
fighting a bunch of a bunch of the dudes, like a bunch of the Cobra Kai dudes. And it's interesting because it's like I'm not saying that like a girl could not fight these dudes, but Sam is not very tall. Like she's yeah. a small girl. It always That's why they have the height matchups actually. That's why like Bert is going after Asian or whatever. Right. Like, you know, those are the matchups that seem to like I don't know. I mean, the thing, uh, speaking of Burton Asian, I was like, I was wondering, like, okay, they're on the same side now, but they're the only two people of the same side, so who are they going to fight? And what you end up seeing, I was watching closely, is they get thrown around a bunch, but in a, in a, in a fun move, at one point, Dimitri picks up Asian and sort of uses him as a weapon against someone else and then puts him down again. And then they both get thrown into a Christmas tree, so, you know, yeah. okay. But, like, uh, yeah, with Sam, you look at Tori and... You do believe that she is somebody who could actually, like, put up, like, be a matchup against a dude. Do you know what I mean? You look at Sam and you're like, probably not. Let's talk about the stakes here. Like, yeah, anyone could have thrown someone against a wall and killed them. But, like, Tori actually looks like she has intent to kill. Yes. she chases Sam into her little private dojo space. And one thing I've always thought is why, like, Sam is terrified of Tori. It's like, yep, no, I get it. She has a death wish. And, Um, yeah, she picks up these nunchucks and she's like, She's ready to end this, which is like, what does that mean, That man? means she's been fully creased. I guess she's been creased, but Crease it's like, you know that murder's a thing, and Tori, no, like, I, you're not exactly, like, good at CSI shit. You're not so gonna be able to cover it because up. Because the less, I feel like Tori, like, has this element of realism where she's like, this is how the real world works. I'm like, then why are you doing this shit? Right. You have everything to lose, and <laughs> Crease isn't even here to watch, um... So they have a they have a fight. I don't have much to say about this fight because it's like at some point, um, you know, Tori's just wrecking wrecking shit and and um, what's her face? Sam grabs a, a bow staff. Yeah, and, and she hears, of course, Daniel's voice in her head because everybody hears voices when they need them. And I'm sorry, I would not be like pulling from a Daniel lesson as Tori's about to like rip a nunchuck yeah. at my face. It's not realistic, but again, it's it strains believability but somehow sam managed to corner tori and tori says this is not over this will never it'll be never over be over you. and i was like what when you're like tw- 20 years from now and you're both soccer moms you're just gonna like you're gonna be fighting over miguel like yeah what are you even fighting over God at this damn point it. give tori a real reason yeah you know? like i i mean i honestly sometimes with crease i'll talk about this more with the crease stuff but it's like what do you want these kids to do? Like, you're not even charging them tuition, really, a lot of them, for, like, their their karate lessons. Like, do you want them to be a gang and rob convenience stores for you? Because that would be more realistic than whatever you're trying to make them do. Like, Maybe that'll be revealed in season four. Uh, are they paratroopers? Like, what the, are you doing? The um, for Kreese's army. Um, so, okay. Yeah. Hawk. Okay. So, Hawk famously has a crisis of conscience. Right around the time, towards the end of the fight, when he sees Dimitri being wailed on by two uh, Cobra Kai. Nameless Cobra Kai's. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't quite understand what the turning point is. He, he hears a lot of voices a lot in of his voices. head. So it's like, are we he supposed to Kreese, assume that he's been hearing... Johnny. Yeah, um, he's had an episode, like a season-long mulling over, where like we don't see it, of course. Maybe he's been hearing voices this entire time. <laughs> but like... He only broke Dimitri's arm like two episodes ago, right? But he felt bad about it? I mean, he did feel bad about it. Either it's extremely subtle acting work, or it's just like, I don't don't get it. It's... The thing is, it makes no sense that, like, 
I don't know what the turning point is. He attacked his friend when he was super vulnerable. He snapped yep. his arm. So it's like, I don't believe that he, seeing Dimitri being beat up by two guys is doing anything for his conscience. I mean, like if it is doing something now, it's like, why, why didn't it do something for you a couple episodes ago? I mean... If I'm being very generous, I'd be like, maybe there's lingering guilt from that, etc. But, like, it's weird. The voices in his head, um, again, it's like, this is, this is like working overtime for him. So that, that's also, like, a little bizarre. At a certain point, I'm like, this is, like, ridiculous. Everybody's going schizoid here. I want Bert to hear voices in his head telling him, like, what are you doing here? You're so much smaller than the rest of them. But, um, yeah, so it's a lot. But you do get this thing where, like... He runs at the two guys who are, like, holding Dimitri down, and, like, he, you know, he kicks both of them in the face simultaneously, and then he apologizes to, to Dimitri and asks him to help him, like, win this thing, and then they, like, join hands and basically simultaneously kick people, and it's, like, so stupid, and also, like, pretty fun. I don't know. I really, yeah, I mean, yes, obviously we like Dimitri and Hawk, and we want them to be friends again, but not this season. No, they didn't so do this. So much shit has happened. He's like, yeah. It's kind of like the chosen Kumiko reunion. It's like, oh, sorry, I held a knife to your throat. Also threatened to rape you yeah, that one time. Yeah, no, um, but that's all cool. water under the bridge. We talked know? it out. We hugged it out. It's, it's fine. Like, holy shit! I think because we've gotten to know Hawk so well, it's like they could have done more with the story. Yeah. And now it's just like, okay, now you're on the right side, okay? right? And this, and it's like, you... unless they're saying he's going to have like conflicting emotions, but but which is like a well you can't just keep going back to. And I, I do feel like. They were going, it felt like they were going somewhere with Hawk. I wasn't sure where, but they had him do some pretty nasty stuff. They had him get pretty dark. Like, they had him turn against his, like, best and only, and, like, only friend for a long time. And then for him to just be like, sorry about all of it. And then, like, Dimitri is just, like, immediately like, yeah, no, it's cool. It's fine. And it's like... I feel like it would have been smaller steps to get back into the fold. And I think... I wonder how much of it is driven by the fact that he was never fully accepted by Crease. Like, Crease kind of treating him like he's chocolate like second class cobra guy yeah like yeah i think that's a part of it there he could be the best person in miyagi-do or he could be like the worst i mean yeah there might be an element of of hawk like pragmatism there which is fine but it's it's like way too sudden like a, a hawk turn and it's and while it's fun to see him fight with dimitri like that you know it's just like it makes no sense like no sense but you know all right, this whole fight kind of doesn't really make sense, but it's still like a lot of it's like an unbroken shot. It's still a it's it's a fun fight. It's like it well is, staged. and I I gotta say I feel a twinge of pity for Tori because it's like she's surrounded by nameless, faceless Cobra Kai's, and literally everyone else is on the other side. Now. Yeah, I I know it. There, that's one of those things that it's just like you can't just. It's hard to care about Cobra Kai, like, when you keep replacing all the members of Cobra Kai with people who don't have names, and then... Yeah, unless they bring back Aisha, and, like, then, I don't know. Right. But that's, yeah, that's not happening. And so it's just like, okay, so it's Tori versus everybody. Cool. Um, (laughs) Yeah, if they make Tori a supervillain, fine. Okay, yeah, we can get behind that. Well, I mean, no, I mean, like they already like spent all this time like trying to like build her up as a sympathetic character, and then they just kind of have her piss right away by doing like the dumbest things imaginable for we no reason. We almost have no reason to watch another Cobra Kai training sequence because at this point, it's like we're just gonna have Robbie and Tori working out together, and then oh, a God. bunch of, like a, a gang of of randos. faceless nobodies, like yeah. who are yeah, and like uh, you know, when Tori like challenges Sam to that fight in the second season, it's like it's a crazy thing to do, but it made 
sense with the character who was a hothead who was like furious about something she would you know like it was it was kind of ridiculous but also like it grew from like a a place that i believe whereas this is just like why are you breaking and entering okay why are you trying to kill samantha larusso in her home wait i have a question was she in juvie like less time she was in juvie less time than she got out she she didn't have to go to juvie because (laughs) she is her mother's sole caretaker Uh. So anything that would compromise that, I would think would be pretty bad, right? Like, because I, I think that, like, that was the deal that she was able to make because, like, there's no one else to take care of her mother. But, like, I feel like after another felony like this, like, um... Yeah. Okay. That, yeah. So I think that brings us to, like, the great mystery of the show, which is Crease. Um, okay, are we ready to get to these last scenes? Yeah. Um. Okay, so Johnny... Shows up at Carmen's place, ready to tell her that he loves her, whatever. Um, and he sees Miguel all bloodied. Um, and he starts, he storms back to Crease's dojo, his former dojo. Um, and he just like kicks the door open and he, he sees Crease and Robbie. And it's kind of funny because it's like, I, you know, we've said that we like Robbie's dark turn, but it's so interesting. It's like, Robbie turns around and it's like he's an automaton. He's I know. like brainwashed Robbie. And it's like they didn't need to do that. They can just make him like, I don't know. L- just, like, you know, oh my God. Kreese is so Darth Vader in this. He's like, you know, what took you so long? When I that you're back, we'll, we won't just win the tournament. We'll melt this whole snowflake generation, <laughs> which is like. Zoomers? Beware. Wow. Okay. That Um. Then Robbie says, listen to him, Dad. He only wants what's best for you. Yeah, that was the line where I was yep. like. What are you? Robbie Did wouldn't he say call that. You in? Robbie would say like, "Get the hell out of here, Dad! I don't want you here." Do you know what I mean? And later on in the scene, he is like that, but like, no, like Robbie would not buy into Crease's vision of like three generations of Cobra Kai. Robbie is really mad at Johnny and would be like, "Screw you, Dad! What are you doing in my dojo?" <laughs> so yeah, like that makes no sense. Um, yeah, unless Crease has been like in his trainings, he's just been hypnotizing Robbie, which you know who knows. But, um, yeah, we finally get to see the Crease Johnny fight, um, which I enjoyed. It was a little weird because I feel like it's obvious that Crease is not doing his own stunts. And, you know, yes, he's a a combat veteran. We haven't got to the Vietnam stuff. That's after this. But, um, but, you know, he's still like in his 70s. I just don't buy that he would be able to. I don't defend himself so ably against Johnny. I mean, the only thing... Yeah, I agree with you completely. The only thing I would say is that I do like that, like, at a certain point, um, Johnny and Crease are grappling on the ground, which is, you know, funnily enough, how most real fights, like, end up on the ground. And Much like experience, Lata. Well, I mean... Um, but, like, no, that's, like... It, it's true. Like, if you're not in a tournament fight, like, you know, the thing is, it's, like, they, they end up on the ground and, like, Crease is, like, using his leverage to keep Johnny away from him. And I was, like... Yeah, that 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 part was nice, just because we don't see that a ton on this show. I get it; it's the Karate Kid, not the Jujitsu Kid, but like, still, I, I like that. Um, Naturally, Crease is also ready to kill Johnny. Yeah, like he he's just prepared to like murder somebody. Yeah, no, Crease operates above the law or like adjacent to it, or I don't know. In Cloud Cuckoo Land, he's 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 doing his own thing. Um, Robbie, at one point, like when uh, 
when it looks like Johnny's like got the upper hand, he's wailing on Crease. Robbie steps up, and we get the Robbie versus Johnny fight that you know I, I wasn't particularly asking for, but there it is. Um, <laughs> it quickly ends with him being slammed into some lockers. How do you feel about that? Because like you know, at first it's like Johnny's very like I'm not going to hurt you, I'm not going to fight you, and there's just a it's lot like of him a, like ducking out of the way. It's like a greater metaphor for their relationship. It's like, look, man, I'm not really around you, but then whenever oh I try to clumsily like manage this i end up hurting you and you're i suppose that's out. true yeah, so it's, yeah it's i fine. mean it's weird because it's like you know rob he's like giving it his all and he says some stuff like which is sad he's like i, I you know when you were never around i blamed myself and he's like but i can't be my worst enemy but you can which i, I didn't like quite an, understand yeah what he was it's doing, like an but... extremely self-aware thing it's like i'm misplacing my an- anger onto you uh okay Sure. Right, you do that, Robbie. Um, and yeah, and then it's kind of sad just to see like Johnny duck and weave, and then like it's weird because he has like one moment where he sort of like pushes Robbie, and Robbie immediately goes flying into some lockers and knocks himself out, which is like, jeez, all right, um, not looking, uh, not looking great there. Um, and then of course like uh, we get more Crease and Johnny, um, and Crease legitimately trying to kill Johnny when of course Daniel shows up. Um, and. Oh, man. I want to mention, because it's important, that when Daniel is fighting Kreese, Daniel hears Chosen's voice in his head. <laughs> because you cannot have a fight without hearing someone's voice in your head. In fact, I would say that's why Johnny lost against Kreese. He didn't hear a voice in his head. That's true. Yeah. Johnny's too clear Schizophrenia is important for fights. Right. Um, um, Chosen and- tells him about the pressure points. If in case yeah, I mean, it's just... There's, again, no universe in which I think Daniel would be the savior of Johnny. But, I mean, maybe it's saying that these two need each other and they're in the right yeah. place at the right time and to be fair daniel shows up because he's angry about like the attack on his house more than like anything else but like he does save johnny's life i suppose that way um so there's this moment tell me tell me if you notice this okay like there's this moment when like daniel like is using his pressure points you know um, helpfully supplied by chosen in some previous episode to paralyze crease and then johnny like runs in and like they look at each other and Daniel nods, and it looks like Daniel's about to do something, and then Samantha shows up and says, yells, Dad, do you think that Daniel was going to kill him? Oh, no. No. Well, what was the nod about? What was that whole... <laughs> I mean, I just don't know. Um, that's a good question. I just thought it meant, like, okay, we're acknowledging, like, we're on the same side. We're square? And I mean, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Like, we, we've defended each other, and, you know, you helped me with Priest. I, I just thought it was that kind of, like... Subtle, kind of like when they were in the elevator. Like sometimes they have these like yeah. meets, and it's just supposed to show this like shift in their relationship. That's that's probably um, right. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, yeah. I'll walk away from Daniel being like this close to being like a, a killer. Um, I don't think. Yeah, there's there's no way. But um, yeah, it's just it's just amazing that Crease is like eyeing the like the broken glass, and he's oh, about to like God. what slit someone's throat. It's just can we and like can we talk about like the last lines. Uh, you keep your Cobra Kai's away from my kids. And he says, it's a free country. What? <laughs> there also, are laws in our country. He also says, you can't keep up this defense shit forever. Yeah. So he's trying to go, to go them into... But into what? Like, uh, and the the deal that they see... More warfare, I guess. I guess. He yeah, really misses Nam. deal. So we have uh, Sam and Miguel running up, um, and then Robbie and Crease. <laughs> sad brainwashed Robbie. And Robbie's like, you all should go now because Kreese is my new murder father. Um, and he goes, thank you, son. And this like really hammy soap opera way that it's like, 
Robbie, how many fathers on. can one have, Robbie? Come, come on, on, don't be this dumb. But um, maybe Robbie's just too traumatized from sleeping on the floor of a dojo. <laughs> I mean, That'll break you. It's rough. And uh, yeah, the, the deal is essentially like, they're going to all be in the tournament. Uh, I guess Cobra Kai will disband if uh, Eagle Doe wins. And if Cobra Kai wins, we never hear what happens because, you know, Johnny's like, we, you won't. But uh, I, I assume that like they'll be allowed to execute Eagle Doe, right? Like, that seems yeah. to be logical. <laughs> what? Yep. What? Uh, the paramilitary troops will be in the streets. My God. Um, so, yeah, the the last... We'll get to the Vietnam stuff. We'll, we'll end the episode review with that. But um, the last scene is of the teen plot line is they're in um, Daniel's enormous backyard. Eagle Doe. Eagle you know, they're Doe in lives. Eagle Doe's Eagle Doe Jojo. lives. Um, and it's... They have this, like, shitty Muzak version of In the Air Tonight, which is a terrific song. Why couldn't they get Phil Collins, the original? I just don't. Did you One, run out of money? I like, mean, the rights to it were probably ridiculous. fucking... To uh, that, that... Don't cover In the Air Tonight. It's a classic, okay? Do not fuck it up with your Muzak version. Nina feels of, very strong that I have in, a lot of strong In the Phil Air Collins Tonight and Phil Collins in general. Um, anyway. I personally hate is, this song. and I, I but You that's, hate this song. I okay. hate this song. We'll take this sidebar. This is just insane. It's an excellent song. I don't know quite why they chose it for this. It didn't feel like it met the mood. But anyway... Um, everyone's friends again. Everyone's like high fiving, and it's it's weird because it's like, why did you have like two seasons of these like rivalries and friendships split up for it to all kind of like come together in this weird way? Like maybe that's how it would happen. You have this like massive fight, and things become clear. Yes, because all of the rivalries that like, were set up in season two have been repaired, including like Hawk and Dimitri completely and utterly. They are like hugging when they meet. Yeah, which I don't is, know. Like, if, like okay, maybe like. Um, so that happens, and then what we're left with is them facing off against, uh, you know, to eventually face off against Cobra Kai, a dojo made up of people we actually don't really know anymore. Yeah, I'm um, curious. I mean, yeah. Okay. sorry, plus it's Tori against the world. Tori, like, gets Tori bionic, and Robbie, I guess. bionic arms <laughs> and decides to, like, just kill everyone. She's Robocop. Oh, um, but it is, it is nice to see, like... You know, like, Daniel's in front of the class, and then Johnny walks in, and they're both teaching. Yeah, and we might, in fact, get the best of both worlds, and that, like, you know, you might just get a season four full of burns, where, like, they're not trying to, like, cut each other down, but they don't, you know. It's it's gonna be the odd couple dojo. I look forward to it, you know. More car scenes, more them checking out abandoned apartment complexes, a new... Cobra Kai space, or right? Eagle Dome it'll space, it'll be. I mean, I think it'll be fun, and I understand that like they took three seasons to get to this point where like somehow some in some way Daniel and Johnny are going to try to run a dojo together, which is just automatically like just a good premise anyway. Yeah, and I mean, there are so many teens at this point, and they're not all that well developed. I mean, as we said, like we haven't really gotten too much Miguel in this. Like Miguel has been like a ghost in his own story like he's in the coma he has a few lines but we don't get that kind of season one deep dive um it's just it's too crowded full of these random yeah and like things. what is penis breath much... about like yeah. what are his motivations i don't even know anymore <laughs> i know i mean to be fair like all the kids like they give it whenever they get like screen time they give it their best but and they're but it's like i know them like more as like a collective than like as, as yeah individuals. i mean we're not kyler remains kyler fine it's okay never change kyler yeah but, seriously um, 
Kyler, you stay just the way you are. Um, yeah, um, I mean, we can talk a lot about season four predictions, but I do want to get to Nam. Of course, we have know? to. It starts the show. It, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't end the show, but it, it weaves its way through the show. I have a lot of conflicting opinions about the flashbacks. What did you think about this extended flashback of Crease? <laughs> um, backstory. It is so batshit. It is completely batshit. I didn't mind it. Once you decide that you're like, okay. High praise for you. I mean, once you let go. I did tell you guys that she would come around. It took a season of us just hammering away. Nina, did you ever watch uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? Mm -hmm. And you know, the last scene is uh, the girl uh, played by Zhang Zi. Like, she just, she like gives up on life and she just jumps off a cliff. And you just (laughs) see her like falling forever. And, like, there's this look on her face like she just doesn't care anymore. She has just released herself to gravity or fate or whatever. That's kind of how I felt. Is that you falling into the snake pit? <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Let's You're... just let's just cover the facts yeah. here. So, Crease and company have been captured. They're in a little holding, bamboo holding cell. Um, it seems like they should be able to get out of it if they all push in the same direction. Yeah. But they don't. But that's Bamboo's fine. Strong. It's okay. It's Bamboo's fine. stronger you than see... you think. Twig, a.k.a. young Terry Silver, um, kind of freaking out. You have the commanding officer. Who's being a dick. Because, like, what, what's going on is, like, the North Vietnamese have a bridge over a pit set up. And what they're having is two American GIs fight each other over the pit. And, like, the person who doesn't fall in the pit, like, gets to go back in the cell. And, obviously, the person who falls in the pit is the unlucky one here. And they just keep doing this. I assume that, like, they're betting money on this, because otherwise this is a really inefficient way to kill prisoners. But, like, you know, they're, they're having a good time, I guess. Um, anyway, so, like, the uh, Terry Silver's, like, naturally freaked out about the idea yeah. of this happening. Um, and Kreese's commanding officer says, basically, it's, like, every man for himself. And Kreese is just very calm, which I feel like the actor really... He's always been kind of, like, cool and composed, and you can sort of see old Crease in him. I mean, not as... He's not as over-the-top, obviously. He's a good that actor. Yeah, he's he is a, a great good actor. actor. I hope we... I hope I, I... I don't know what else he's been in, but I was honestly like, you're bringing more to this role than than this role is yeah, giving and, you. And just, but, um, yeah, you know. thank you to our listeners that corrected. He is not, in fact... Uh, Martin Cove's son, that is the quarterback, who maybe we'll see more of. But, <laughs> um, um, yeah, young young Crease is terrific. And um, so at, at some point in this, uh, this commanding officer and Crease are selected to go. Well, actually, they're not. Oh, that's right. Um, and I should bring up that, like, so the captain has gone really hard in darkness at this point. He's like, there's no rank anymore. Like, uh, Crease is trying to calm down Terry Silver, being like, we're all going to make it out of this. You know, the way you're supposed to talk to your subordinates or some, you, like you're supposed to be their commanding officer but of course his captain is just like fuck it all we're all gonna die except <laughs> me you know and it's like how long have you been in prison like a day <laughs> like it seems like you're about to start eating your other captives like come on um it was a war Lotha. i mean that's... he's he has like completely like gone full-on like wild man at this point he and anyways when the guards come in they plan on pitting the captain against Terry Silver. Terry Silver looks terrified, and Kreese steps up and says, no, I'll go in his place. Um, yeah, it's a very, like, admirable thing, and it's strange, because it's, like, the one kind of selfless 
thing we've seen Kreese do. Well, that's... I mean, we also see, like, uh, I mean, the reason why they're in prison in the first place is because he was hesitant to, like, kill Terry Silver uh, by setting off the bomb. So it's like, I don't know. You get the you get the sense that he's, like, a good soldier, basically, until yeah, this so, point. Yeah, which makes what happens next kind of all the more interesting. So him and his commanding officer are fighting, um, and this is... I don't know. I know you thought this was ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. They're fighting over a, a pit full of snakes. Yes, that's the revelation. It's not just a pit. It is a pit of snakes. Um, I don't in know. In some ways, Chris was born in this pit. But um, <laughs> the snakes are... My husband walked through the room when we were watching this. In fact, both of the times we were watching this, he walked through the room. And, like, he's pretty dickish about a lot of things. But he was like, this is the cheapest looking scene ever. Ralph Macchio is clearly pocketing the Netflix money. Um, which, it... I mean, it could have been worse. Uh, although... Look. I mean, Look, I could tell they were snakes. You heard the hissing. I was there. I'm no was... herpetologist, if that's the word for it, but like, at they least were in brumation, you know? A few of those snakes were like definitely like boas, like constrictors. So it seems weird that they're not like poisonous, right? But, anyways, whatever. Snake it doesn't talk, matter. Guys, that's what the next 50 minutes will be dedicated Snake to. Snake talk. Uh, um, but yeah, oh, the commanding officer also reveals that Betsy has died in a car accident he was like cackling to himself it's very weird of how over he, the uh, top it he's pretty over the top he's like what crease becomes eventually honestly yeah, but like exactly. uh, yeah um so what happens is like you know because like the captain is obviously like since he's gone heart of darkness he's full-on general kurtz he's like i mean i he's like let's break crease's spirit you don't have anything to live for crease your girlfriend's dead um and you know i mean obviously he hopes to unsettle crease and come out on top king of the snake pit um and it's a i guess it's a decent enough fight again there's one of those things where the captain i guess is very well versed in the martial arts although he's pretty old yeah but whatever. yeah again it's, um it's strange um so the last scene is um at some point he has crease in like a a chokehold and he's like dangling and crease grabs oh and he, he gives him a little like speech you didn't learn my lessons you couldn't shed your humanity everyone gives a what a speech. weird thing to say but yeah, yeah you didn't shed your humanity you um crease grabs like a what is it like a bamboo, bamboo thing? thing and it's like a sharp edge and he stabs his co and weakens him and manages to kick him like into the snake pit. The CEO grabs like a random bamboo thing and he's dangling. And just at that moment, it looks like the they're being rescued. Yep, the helicopters show up. It's it's the GIs. Oh my god, Charlie is like scattering to the winds. Um and that's the moment when, like, the CO has decided, like, oh, well, now that everything's over, uh, I think I'm coming Sorry back to... Sorry about that dick move, Yeah, <laughs> Pull me up. Oh, it's over now. Uh, you know, what's an order? That's why you don't make any final speeches. Seriously, dude. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I honestly was just like, you guys are, like, from the get-go, it's like, you guys are in a bamboo cage, like... You do not seem to be being executed on the spot. Why is, like, the CO acting like, it's all over. It's time to just, like, you know, eat my fellow prisoners. It's like, I don't think it's been that long. None of you have beards. Like, come on. <laughs> um, anyways, but he's dangling. He's like, pull me up. And what does Chris say? No mercy. Yeah. So he, uh, he kicks him into the pit. Um, so several things probably happen in this moment. The spirits of all those snakes enter Kreese's soul, and possibly the soul of his dead snake-eaten captain. And perhaps even us. Perhaps even us. Um, Watch for our All Hallows Eve episode. Perhaps the <laughs> entity known as Kreese is everywhere and nowhere. Uh, 
So you asked me, what did I think of this? Um, man, ah. Uh... Wait, let's cover the the last last scene of that because um, he goes back to his little bamboo cage where all his comrades are, and he lets out Terry Silver, who is beyond grateful, mm-hmm. and he says. Decrease anything you need your whole life, I'm there. Your whole life. And it's so touching. It's actually quite touching. Honestly, my heart melted. I mean, you're a weirdo who loves Terry Silver more you than life. You it. But yeah. I was touched too. Yeah. Like, it's a special friendship, guys. I mean, yeah, and, and it's one of those things like, you know, you when you see Terry Silver in Karate Kid 3, basically like, I guess I may be the CEO of a prominent toxic waste company, but I'm going to stop everything to help you get revenge on that karate teacher you hate. Yeah, it's weird because, I mean, yeah, I'll say the the kind of season-long arc of Crease, I don't know that the backstory actually explained anything for us. It's it's kind of frustrating to say that because it's like I hope that Carrie Silver gets his own like season long backstory like what the fuck happened from this like definitely scared kind of timid soldier to like the megalomaniac we see in Karate Kid three whereas Crease it's like okay he's kind of cool and composed but I'm not sure is it Betsy's death that pushed him over the edge is it like he obviously shows some mercy when he's like saving his friend and like offering to like. Because a no mercy move would have been like, look, it's everybody for themselves. Mm-hmm. You can go fight your own battles. I'm not going to put myself at risk. I mean, I think that Super weird. he I develops his no mercy philosophy. And I think the 15 minute period of time between when the captain like tells him that Betsy is dead to fuck him up and like that whole fight on the bridge and when he lets the captain fall. So the no mercy philosophy comes like together like, pretty quickly. Sorry, guys, but which I mean- is. Does anyone remember Betsy? Like, I barely do. Like, uh, Jesus. You know, Christ. I get it. Like, she was the love of his life or just, something. God. Um, Someone needs to explain to me how a one-month relationship when you're in high school can become the love of your hey life. Hey, man, it was right like in. the 60s. It what was, does that mean? He was going to marry her. Like, he put his pin on her. It was the 60s. They dated for like a week before he shipped off. I repeat what I just said. It was the 60s. That was a courtship. They're going to have seven kids and a dog. He's just married to a snake, okay? In this- <laughs> oh, my God. Um, okay, that's, that's just... <laughs> has Nina gone too far, listeners? <laughs> right in. Um, I really am not sure how I felt about the Crease backstory because I almost feel like it's a problem that young Crease is, is actually a really good actor. Yeah, he's able to sell a lot of he the emotions. He is available to sell a lot of it. it's like, okay, what is the motivation? What did this entire Vietnam flashback tell I us? I mean... It, it explains a lot of the friendship. That, it's like, okay, if you're trying to build up set pieces for season four... Totally. We get why Terry Silver is... it's like, is... what's driving you? Because he didn't start out a sociopath. They're trying to say he got there in the intervening years. And it's like, I just don't understand. But, like... I can kind of understand why he... Really, no, I do understand, like, why he lets his captain die. Really, I do. It's like, your captain has been beyond dickish at this point. And, you know, like, come on, dude. Like, you probably... You had that coming, that's fine. But, like, Kreese, as we see him as an adult, is an utterly bizarre creature who doesn't really resemble a human being. And sometimes <laughs> I'm okay with that. Like, sometimes I'm okay with that, like, because it's just, like, he's, star- like, he's like Emperor Palpatine in Star Wars. Like, he's you know just he nuts. He's like, like those, those guys, remember we read that story about this guy that, like, would reinvent his life every decade based on the decade's whim? So, he was a 50s beatnik, or a 60s beatnik, 
and then he was like a flower child and then he was like a beat poet and then he decided to like become a preppy and then he would have like different families like he was just, I have no knowledge of the story okay. but it sounds interesting I think it was a this American life podcast episode but it was he was just like a dude that just changed identities maybe that's who crease is it's like Betsy's death or whatever war broke him and he's just decided like I'm coming out of this a mercenary I'm whatever I, the situation yeah, calls exactly. for I'm a chameleon which is you know like that bizarre like fairly inhuman character that he is now this chameleon who just like wants like he's like an agent of chaos do you know what I mean he settled whatever beef he had with the CEO like he let him die and so it's it's done it's not like he came out of the war with some like I've got to avenge yeah no he's not looking for revenge died of a car accident it's like he doesn't if you're thinking of like traditional villain arcs, it's like they don't have a thing that like they lost or they have to fight for. Or they lost to somebody else. You know, it just he's yeah. That's the thing. He's not looking for revenge. He is not looking for anything really. Like I understand this is where he developed his philosophy of no mercy, which is you know what I'm fine with that. But what we see him display as an adult in like in Reseda, California, isn't like. Oh, he's merciless. He's just batshit insane. And like a chameleon. And like... Batshit insane is just less interesting as a character move. Because that would be like, okay, if you just let Terry Silver be who he was in Karate Kid 3 without any interest in telling... Like, how did he turn from the scared soldier? Like, you know, it's not interesting. It's like wacky for a good movie. Yeah. They're making Crease like he's been around for two seasons, and I feel like I still don't understand what's I driving don't, him. I know, and it's like again, it's like this backstory is not. I mean, yeah, it's like ridiculous, but it's also not like bad. It just doesn't match up with like who Crease is now. It's like this, this guy. This again, the actor's almost like too good because it's like because he's selling it. Like you're like okay, but he seems like a person. Um, like, you know what I mean? Like, maybe he's a person who's merciless and, like, awful now, but, like, he's still a person. Whereas Kreese is so divorced from humanity. Actually, the Kreese reincarnation theory... Yeah. It it takes... If he's actually just a snake and has those base snake urges to strike first and kill... I I think that's very snakest of you. I mean, snakes aren't just, like, going around being like, let's kill things willy-nilly. Snakes kill we things have, when they're hungry or they're we scared. Have backslid once again into snake talk, and I did not <laughs> want to be here. Don't you um, though? Okay, um, why don't we do stray thoughts? All right, and then ratings. So, how excited are you to see Terry Silver in season four? It's not a spoiler. Come on, he calls. He makes a phone call at the end. Crease. Um, I can't imagine that there are that many people who are like. I mean, it's who either calling. It's either him or it's Mike Barnes, and we're going to say it's Terry Silver. So. Um, I'm beyond excited. I, I, should I let on that I accidentally... This is not a spoiler, Dina. Go on. Okay, I saw on Twitter that Thomasine Griffith was confirmed for season four. I want to say it's not a spoiler, because if you didn't know that Terry Silver was coming back after, uh, you know, an entire arc with Terry Silver and with, like, uh, Chris calling him... It would have been super weird if Mike Barnes (laughs) is the guy. I'd have been like... Don't fuck with me, writers. And um, if you are at this that, point, like, who the hell is Terry Silver, then this isn't a spoiler actually, for you. Actually, I mean, I hope both of them come back because I see Terry Silver and Mike Barnes as a package deal. What? Because, I don't know, like, that's the entire Karate Kid 3 universe, you know? Huh. It would yeah, be, I It's kind of so. like how Chosen and Kumiko came back as a package deal. It would have been weird. Even though they really shouldn't be hanging yeah, out. Yeah, I know. It would have been weird if, like, Kumiko was like, oh, actually, I think I'll peace out and 
<laughs> come back in season <laughs> six or whatever. But um, I really, because it's like, I think if we want to understand Crease, we have to know Silver. Silver so, is the key to Crease's humanity. I know. And I just want to see them on the road talking about the good times and the time that they killed When Toxic CEO. Waste was king. And okay, yeah. so you know, you know, one of the things that I did my deep dive on Karate Kid 3, a.k.a. Terry Silver's <laughs> backstory, um, the man went to grad school and wrote a thesis on environmentalism. Well, I hope to God that the writers check that wiki page because there's a lot of gems in there that they need to, they need to address. Okay. You take this young kid traumatized by war. I mean, I'll say this about the writers of this show. They do check the wiki pages. They really... Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they know that somewhere out there is, there's somebody and who's I have, like... I have confidence that they'll give that story its due because I, I think one of the show creators said that Terry Silver was his favorite character. Yeah. So he's not... He better not get sidelined. I'm just saying. I mean... And I want to see the Daniel-Terry Silver matchup because I really do think that Daniel is like... Terry Silver is to Daniel what Tori is to Sam. Yeah. No, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. And one of the kind of more out there theories is that actually Terry Silver is Tori's dad. Oh, my God. Terry Silver has to be someone's dad. Why does Terry Silver have to be someone's dad? Because I think the show is about, like, because of character economy and Eh, um, because we don't see a lot of the dads. Because this show often chooses, like, the cheesiest route possible, I guess. But, like, I hope not because Terry Silver is enough just being Terry Silver. Just being Kreese's war buddy for life. It would also make sense why Kreese is, like, looking out for Tori. Well, I mean... I want to go with please, please, God, don't do that. Like that's my prediction. I mean, we can do a whole other app on predictions, but I think there is a a, a Tory, Tory's dad, MIA, Miguel's dad, MIA. Maybe they're both Cherry Silver. Ew. Yeah. God. I'm. You know what? If you're gonna do it, Jeez. go all the way. Why yes. are we ending on this disturbing? Let's go back to snake talk. <laughs> I'm not comfortable with where no this incest, is just snakes. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> um. All right, I'm, you're going to give a rating for the episode and a rating for the season. Mm-hmm. You know, it sounds like I didn't like this episode, but I did. I mean, it was just, like, I, I always feel this way. Like, with the show, like, the finales are so crazy, but, like, there's usually some good fights, and there's just, I'm not mad at them. They're fun. They're nuts. So I'm going to give it four boa constrictors which are not poisonous listeners don't believe the hype don't believe the (laughs) anti-snake rhetoric you're gonna hear um four out of five boa constrictors okay um i would say the highlight i love the vietnam scenes obviously i think oh i should have asked how you felt about them but i think i knew deep down yeah i know i mean i think when we look at the three kind of ongoing plot lines i've just been bored consistently by the teen stuff um, just doesn't do anything surprising. And I think the whole reveal, we all saw the kind of Robbie arc coming from, a, you know, five miles away. And it, it turns so weird because it's like, I don't know if it's the actor's limitations, but he brainwashed Robbie is the worst Robbie. We'll just say it. So strange. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the Vietnam stuff was like, was fun in a kind of weird batshit mm-hmm. way. And I, it just confirmed that Terry Silver is coming back. So obviously huge fan I'm going to give it four out of five um, Young Silvers. <laughs> oh, the Young Silver <laughs> Award. Young Silver Not Award. Bad. Okay. The season. season. Okay. This is tough. Um, okay. 
I think that there were elements of this season that, like, that I liked. I was often, like, the, I don't know, with the teen stuff, it actually, weirdly enough, like, I had my problems with the second season, but, like, I feel like all of it culminated in this crazy fucking fight, but, like, that fight made more sense than the crazy fucking fight of this season. I feel like this season did the Daniel and Johnny stuff better than, yeah. like, set the second season, you know? Like, um, even even Daniel's, like, stupid excursions to Japan, like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, it, it just, yeah. Especially, with, like, with the Johnny stuff and, like, with Johnny and Miguel having, finally having some scenes together. I... Yeah, and there were moments, like, you know, like, when Johnny takes Miguel to that rock concert and things like that, where I'm like, yeah, they're getting Johnny back. They're, and, like, with the alley thing, they're, like, actually giving him an arc that has some closure. That's good. The teen stuff, like, actually, I think was was a little bit worse than season two. Yeah. Especially, like, I mean, at least Hawk become a, becoming a total psychopath in season two, it's like, that's an arc. Like, that's a logical arc. It's not like a, I mean, it was it was kind of scary but like you know that made sense this was just like what what are you guys doing um oh and like yeah so all the johnny stuff was really good for me especially like eagle fang and like yeah there, there are a lot of things i like there the teen stuff yeah what i think three eagle does okay um i'm gonna give it a three as well um but for different reasons so i oh. think the things that the season really did well was um yeah, Johnny actually had an arc, and he he got much more screen time. It felt like he was like relegated to some side character in the second season to make room for all the teen drama, which I just don't care about. I'll just say it. I I find the teens boring, and at this point, if they're gonna like wrap up a season long rivalry like Dimitri and Hawk with some sort of like lame fist bump, um, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and if you're not gonna like do something interesting with that that I'm, like, not invested in. Right, and if you're gonna, like, take Tori and, like, be yeah, like... Yeah, you take Tori and you, you hint at some interesting side to her, but then she's just this kind of, like, one-dimensional, jealous shrew, then, okay. That's a choice. Um, uh, Daniel showed... <laughs> was Daniel more or less annoying in this season? I mean, he seemed to get... Yeah, he fucked around in Okinawa. <laughs> His... He finally has some business side repercussions. What we did see in this season, unfortunately, um, the brutal crushing of Amanda's spirit. Yeah. Um, she did get that slap into crease, but that was... I want to see her do something for her, you know? And that slap only, like, served to haunt her later with the restraining order. Yeah, exactly. And she it's can't like, get a win. And Ama Yeah, and Amanda's thing is that, like, she's smart and, like... Her slapping, like, she's not a karate person. Like, her revenge is not going to be gotten through slaps. It's going to be gotten through, like, brains and thinking, and they robbed her of that. So, yeah. yeah. But what the season did well is, yeah, all the Johnny stuff, Crease's fashion stepped up to 11. Oh, man. And dramatic. I mean, I also think that's part of the setup for season four. Like, if they don't address the fact that he has a million dollar clothing budget and he's he's not sleeping at the back of the dojo <laughs> he's it's like he's got some silver stashed away oh, somewhere shit mm -hmm. um exactly so i love that i i think we should just lean into the his new his new fashion outfits and stuff um and then i loved ali's return you know they they hype it up so much whenever they like tease a cameo and I, you know we did I thought Kumiko was great. I mean, it kind of partially salvaged 
we hated Karate Kid too, and so to the extent that we can like resuscitate some of these characters, I think it's fine. You know, we got just enough Chosen. I think <laughs> what they did with Chosen is a little interesting. I don't like that. You know, that entire Tornado Child subplot of Daniel was just do sex tornado weird. Man. Super weird. Um, they're like, we must use every aspect of this paper-thin movie to forward yeah. Daniel's arc. But Daniel didn't really grow as a person. And um, he I don't doesn't know. suffer any consequences. So I just... I don't know why they always insist on Daniel having an arc. Like, he's not that kind of character. Yeah. Otherwise, just commit to, like... I'm curious what they'll do when they're co-teaching this one kind of unified dojo. Because... You have Johnny, who's such a compelling, dynamic character. And you have Daniel, who, like, the scenes we've seen in him this season, not great. Yeah, him they're... lecturing Sam in various, poor traumatized Sam in a fishing boat, in a gymnasium, in a dojo. Where could he oh, lecture God. her next? Um, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's like, look, I like Ralph Macchio, but, like, it, and he was absolutely the protagonist and the hero of the Karate Kid trilogy, but, like, he is, in this show, his role is as, as Johnny's foil. Like... So, I mean, which is fine. And it's, like, fine for us to be, like, uh, Daniel, that like, that stick of the mud, you know, in contrast to Johnny being, like, just a, a crazy asshole. But, like, stop giving him arcs. Like, he doesn't need one. You know, I He's just, fine. He likes himself. Like, I don't think he does like himself. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I think they're, they're trying to say it's about both these characters. So maybe the fact that this was a Johnny-driven arc and... They'll probably dedicate the next season to him, sort of trying to lure Robbie back for whatever reason. Robbie's like that, you know, he's like, he just wants to have him out of Crease's fold. He doesn't necessarily want to parent him, but he's just like, don't be with Crease. Um, so that that's probably going to be Johnny's storyline. I feel like if they cared enough to do this, they could actually see the kind of annihilation of Daniel in the next season with Terry Silver. And then you'd have to rebuild him and do something interesting. Like he loses everything. Kind mm, of like with they're never going to do that. I mean, that's the, one of the reasons that like, I don't they think say they have three seasons left of story to tell. So I don't know how you can push that along if you're really going to just keep Daniel exactly the way he is. Right. Cause that's the thing. It's like, you have him have arcs, but he, he has arcs, but he doesn't change. Cause it's like, the show doesn't really think that he needs to change. And, you know, if I'm going to be totally fair, like, he's kind of, he can be annoying sometimes, but, like, he's got, like, a good relationship with his kid. Yes, I say kid. I haven't seen Again, Anthony in years. I don't, I um, do think that the the fact that he's, poor Anthony, where the fuck is yeah. Anthony and all this? R.I.P. Anthony, I hope you're doing well, buddy, in the koi pond. Um, yeah. Thoughts and prayers. They've been hiding his body there. But, like, yeah, I mean, with his single kid, he has a good relationship with her. He has a good relationship with his wife. He has a successful business. He's, like, generally, like, do you know what I mean? It's, like, what, he's fine. Like, what do you want him to, like, but they I keep tried... giving him journeys, but, like, they don't lead him anywhere. But I thought, kind of, they're saying he's not fine because he wouldn't be trying this hard to, like, he wouldn't be so obsessed with Miyagi's memory and, like, bringing back this dojo and, he, and doing all these weird things if he was actually just chill with his life being, like, a middle-class dude with a good marriage. Like, he's not. He's Upper not middle. But, like, yeah, that's the thing. If if that's... And I, I agree. Like, it seems like that's what they're trying to do when they give him journeys. But, like... Not... But, like, the thing is, it's, like, if it's true, if it's, like, you're unsatisfied with your life, they never lean into that either. Like, he never not faces yet. any I consequences. Mean, like, in this season, Johnny came out and admitted that, like, you know confronts Robbie and he was like you know you put Miguel in the hospital that was like okay that's a really honest moment 
I don't know. Maybe they'll get to a point where Danny will acknowledge that, like, Anthony is a failure. Right? And, like, he, and or he murdered him last summer or something. Yeah, because... Yeah. Computer club Because if, like, they were going to, like, explore, like, the, the, the cracks or the missing pieces of Daniel, like... I don't know if you can do, like just start doing that in season four when it's just like, dude, there's plenty to mine here. They could have done it, but like they like veered away from it. Like they could have had real conflict between him and Amanda. On if you're and they're like, to extend nope. A, if you're planning to tell six seasons, so this yeah. is like a mid. So this is like about initially helping Johnny along, and then the thing that they. I mean, I feel like the real thing they should have done with Daniel was like have her have him be like a weird karate stage parent to Sam or something like that and have that be a tension in their relationship. But, like, maybe, you know. I mean, maybe the, the next season will be, like, now that Sam has a choice of dojos, Eagle Dove, she's like, actually, my dad doesn't know shit about karate. Yeah, wait, he's <laughs> actually pretty bad at I mean, it. You actually have a basis of comparison. Yeah. And it would be terrible if Daniel's like, uh-oh. I mean, they maybe they could do some fun stuff there. Because, like, I always thought, like, you know, it's season two... One of the things I liked was watching Daniel try to teach Dimitri karate. You know, like having like weird... I think the more you have weird pair-ups of characters, the more opportunities you open for storytelling. And like, one of the things that like... Look, like they keep trying to do is like, you, oh, Daniel's arc is going to be he revisits the scenes of Karate Kid 2. But it's like, if you want Daniel... If you want to give Daniel a plot, just like have him interact with somebody he hasn't interacted with before and see how that goes. Like, man. Um, also, I want to bring up that like... I like I, I like Karate Kid one and three is fun in its batshit way. We we both feel the same way about two, but like I don't think you need to resuscitate like every single thing from like the trilogy. Yeah, you know? like and it's... The, this season was also packed with cameos, some of which were like just right, like the landlord or oh yeah, um, a noosh. homeless woman Mary or a noose, yeah, and then some I'm just like. Mm, I, mean, I don't know. Chosen ziplined into our hearts, I know, but like it was, it was. A little like he was shoehorned in, and I'm, um, you know, I like, uh, I like the presence of villains, and I think because they force the characters into these like dynamic things. Chosen being this like sin, yeah, he's not a, psycho. Right. I don't know. I don't know. And um, how do we feel about brainwashed Robbie? Whew. I mean, God, is he more or less annoying than he, actual Robbie? I'm not sure. Less, no, more annoying because now it's like. Bro, what are you even getting from this relationship? Yeah. <laughs> I I mean, it's just been hard to, like, put a finger on who Robbie is. Like... If you know who Robbie is, you know, write to us. Yeah, I'd like to know. I mean, his hair is better. I'm gonna give him that. Yeah. Oh, I also want to say that, like, uh... So, again, we love the Vulture reviewer um, who, who reviews uh, Cobra Kai. But I, I read, like, one of the comments on his reviews saying that, like, you know replace this reviewer he's just snarky about this show and he he doesn't have like respect for the karate kid universe i'm like how can you know the karate kid universe and not be snarky about it that's such a strange thing to say like i'm sorry but dissent is patriotic thank you yes and and it's goddamn it tom cole Right? I feel like Tom Cole would agree. Tom Cole would agree. <laughs> and this is a, a series of movies where, like, a man zip lines in to, like, yeah. get revenge. That's what's great about it, but that's also, like... And we could still love the on. show and say, you know what? Amanda got a raw deal. And yeah. And still love the show and say... Bonsais are stupid. Bonsais are stupid. I didn't say that, though. Well, Nina I mean... said that. I mean, I love Bonsai. <laughs> Actually, Amanda's probably responsible for the Bonsai genocide after she realized that, you know, the karate riot had eliminated their sales you know she she got rid of all the bonsais oh my god it's true maybe that was the compromise 
Amanda's like, fuck these bonds. It's me or the bonds eyes. I mean, Daniel Daniel's thinks like, about it for 24 I gotta, hours. I gotta go to Okinawa to think about this. Yes. God. Um, okay. Uh, write to us about this season or about any season. We're about to go on our post season three rumspringa finale. Nina would like to think that we are taking a break, but in fact, we are going to be watching The Next Karate Kid. Starring this Hillary punishing Swink. podcast sweatshop never ends. I guys. mean, there's also a Jackie Chan and Jaden Smith Karate Kid. I no Karate Stone will let be left unturned. That's if I don't get in a car and drive away. Um, follow us on Twitter at Kai underscore Cast, and please write to us about whatever you want to. Really, at Cobra Kai Never Dies Cast at Gmail dot com. And as always, kids, strike first, strike hard. No, no mercy. mercy.